Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies you can use to get the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life. I am your host, Chris Donahue, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Nevada Gray. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we'd like to invite you to join our free private Facebook community, Mind Body Breakthroughs. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet or fitness. The Mind Body Breakthrough online coaching program is a comprehensive and customizable guide for total body transformation. Its 150 pages will equip you with everything you need for a ketogenic lifestyle, from low-carb to zero-carb carnivore. The program contains a two-week carb cleanse, 30-day keto sample menu, 30-day sample workout guide, and much, much more. These are recipes you will love, exercises you can do, and strategies that you will enjoy making part of your life. From the person who wants to lose a few pounds on low-carb to the person using keto or carnivore to manage serious issues or optimize health and performance, this program has something for everyone. Sections include the carnivore allergy and autoimmune protocol, fasting, toxicity, and advanced strategies for sleep, stress management, cold thermogenesis, sauna, and more. Included with the program is lifetime access to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Coaching Group, where you'll have your questions answered, a support network to help you on your journey. Why pay for monthly memberships or coaching when you can have the best and most cutting-edge information and help at your fingertips anytime you want for as long as you want? Your adventure for a better, healthier life begins today. See the show notes for a discount link to the program and unlimited lifetime coaching. We are proud to partner with ButcherBox, now featuring their special keto bundle for a limited time. Sign up today to receive for free two pounds of wild-caught salmon, four pounds of pork butt, and a pack of their delicious bacon in your first box. All highest quality, 100% grass-fed, pasture-raised, organic, with no antibiotics or hormones ever. It's meat you can trust that your family will love. See the show notes to try yours today. Scott Myslinski, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, brother? Great. Thank you, Chris. Happy to be here. Yes, welcome, my fellow Bostonian. How Thanks, are you doing Nevada. today, Scott? I'm doing great. It, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful winter day here in Boston, and I'm talking to two of my favorite people. Oh, thanks, Scott. Well, you are definitely a hero and a role model to the both of us. We have just enjoyed watching your work, watching your rise, and I'm forever grateful. As you know, I was uh, honored to be on your podcast, and that was my very first podcast ever. So that uh, introduced me to this wild and wacky world that we are just enjoying so, so much. So 
Scott, a lot of our listeners, you know, they've they've listened to your podcast, they've seen seen your work, heard you interview guests, but we want to take a deeper dive into you. We want to hear your superhero origin story. So tell us, how did how did this come about? How did you become the amazing man you are today? <laughs> um, well, I, thanks for the kind words, Chris. And um, I won't say anything I've done is really amazing. And if anything I've done is notable, it's it's thanks to the help of others and surrounding myself with, with great people um, like yourselves. And, you know, what's inspired me along my journey a lot is the support of, of um, my friends and my mentors and my wife. Um, she's really encouraged me to, to try things and to meet people and to do things, um, when I've doubted myself or been even apathetic, um, I, around the time I started the podcast, which was August, 2018 over a year ago now, um, you know, there were some, some great podcasts out there, which still are, um, like two keto dudes and Sean Baker's show, um, and Vanessa's show fast keto, um, great podcasts with a lot of the guests who I, I would want to interview. Um, and she was encouraging me to start a podcast or to write something. And I said, you know, um, all the podcasts out there are, are already interviewing all the guests I'm interested in. Um, and they're going to have other great guests on too. And, you know, she really said, just give it a try. Just do a few episodes, see what it's like. And that's what I did. And I loved it. You know, it was a way to connect with like-minded people like yourselves. You know, carnivore can be th this lifestyle and, and even caring about your health and your life and your personal development can be um, unique and can be isolating. Um, and it's important to surround yourself with like-minded people. And I think a podcast is a way to do that. Some people do it by listening to podcasts, but you can also do it by starting your own. Um, and, uh, it was a way for me to get back and share, um, you know, I community, um, service and, and, uh, involvement has always been important to me. Um, but I've always felt like, you know, doing things like big brothers, big sisters or other, uh, volunteer programs. I wasn't really leveraging my strengths or, um, doing something I'm uniquely excited about. And, um, I kind of saw the podcast as a way for me to spend that time more effectively and hopefully, um, inspire or help some people along the way. Yes, and you are definitely inspiring people. And your podcast, The Carnivore Cast, was the first podcast interview I had uh, done myself. Same with Chris. Um, and you really helped uh, get us out there and, and encourage us and motivate us. And I just wanted to circle back. Starting a podcast and, and really putting yourself out there, that can be a hard thing to do. And when you are in the midst of doubting yourself, and getting your podcast out there, what are some of the barriers and that you experience and strategies that you use to just keep pushing yourself uh, to continue on with the Carnivore Cast and just some lessons you've learned in podcasting as you've as you've yeah. gone along? Yeah, great question. I'd say um, as with any new venture, uh, new project or, or opportunity in the world we live in. There's a million things you can do. You can boil the ocean. There's a million ways to start, a million ways to improve. You can always be working on it. And what I've tried to do, especially since I have a, a full-time job, is just create bite-sized pieces I can work on and set 
kind of boundaries for myself for, for how much I will work on a given thing. So when I started the podcast, I specifically said, you know, oh, I'm not going to do some giant email campaigns. I'm not going to build an extensive website and show notes. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on social media even. I just want to get the podcast out there. And if it gains traction, if it does well, that's great. If, if two people listen to it, that's also great. Um, you know, it, it, I just set the bar really low for myself, uh, doing the thing. Um, and in this case, doing the thing was producing episodes and, uh, that has helped tremendously. Um, you know, I, I could spend way more time, um, building my brand, building my social media, doing, um, you know, spending money on, on marketing and, um, and campaigns. Um, but I said, you know, I'm going to do the minimal possible. I'm going to do the things that are most effective. And for me, it was sharing my new episodes in, in, you know, five to 10 carnivore groups on Facebook, which are really, um, large parts of, of gathering community members where a lot of people are active, um, including, including your group, um, Chris in Nevada. And, uh, that, that has really made it easier for me because one barrier I think to most people is just feeling overwhelmed by the amount of things they could do or trying to be perfect. Um, and I really just tried to, um, set the bar low, said, I'm not going to edit. I'm not going to make fancy podcasts. I'm not going to, um, you know, uh, try to be perfect. I'm just trying to highlight important people and their stories and get that out there. That's awesome, Scott. And I think that's great, great, uh, advice for us all. You know, we need to lean into our strengths and focus on, uh, the few things that we can do really, really well and not worry so much about spreading ourselves, you know, too thin and chasing every rabbit hole. I think some of the most successful companies are the ones that they have one or two really good products and, and they put that out there and the product sells itself and they don't need all the, all the media campaign and advertising blitz. So, you know, one of the wonderful things about podcasting is the education that we receive and the opportunity to sit across from, uh, you know, the best and the brightest minds and just pick their brains. And, uh, you know, during that process over the last year, I'm sure you have, uh, been privy to all kinds of insights and, and just, uh, kind of the behind the scenes. So peel back the curtain for us a little bit. What, uh, what have you seen? What are some of the uh, the interesting experiences that you've had or a few aha moments along the way? Yeah, uh, I, I've been very fortunate to, you know, sit in the company of giants in this field like, you know, Sean Baker, Amber O'Hearn, Georgia Ede, um, many, many others. Um, and uh, I think I've picked up a few key lessons along the way, kind of common themes that have emerged. Um, one is you know, uh, the, the, how, how nuanced things can be and how black or white thinking just really isn't, isn't appropriate in a lot of situations. Um, you know, there is no one way to do carnivore. There's no, um, there aren't perfect answers to even simple questions like, um, how much protein should you eat? Should you eat high protein? Should you eat, um, high fat? Um, do you need organ meats? Um, you know, what time of day should you eat all these things? Um, you cannot come up with simple templates for people, but really, um, it, it depends on the context and it depends on the individual. And, and, uh, that brings me to my next point, which is one thing I've learned from everyone is, um, the value of self-experimentation. Um, and, and two reasons for that one is, 
you know, being a, not afraid to self-experiment is what has helped and healed both of you, Nevada and Chris, um, coming from very different places, um, but similar in, in the sense that, uh, you know, you both fought crippling diseases um, and it was your courage and your willingness to self-experiment and try this crazy thing called carnivore diet that, that really um, got you over that hump um, and, and started you on your path. And that's a common theme with, with almost all my guests is they're not afraid to experiment. And then when you do experiment, um, you can also have micro experiments along the way where you learn new things, um, where, where you learn more about yourself, about, hey, how do I tolerate um, this type of carnivore, eating more meals, eating fewer meals, eating more fat, eating more protein, um, you know, being your own um, science lab uh, in a way, you know, and it's a balance. There's a value to consistency and doing the things that work and keeping that as your baseline, um, but not being afraid to try things out. You know, everyone can start with, with a basic template or, or a set of rules that are very simple. Um, but, but once you have that in place, um, you know, if you're still having issues, um, it, it, it's, there's a value in selectively trying different things, um, to see what works for you. Yes. And that's so important. The self-experimentation and just, um, through podcasts like yours, empowering the people to really think outside the box and find resources that can be of tremendous value or a key in unlocking the root cause of an illness and then finding strategies to be able to return to health and purpose. So I wanted to ask you, um, what have you noticed as some of the, some of the evolving health trends and topics in health that you're really passionate about right now that you'd like to speak on? Yeah. Um, I think there, there's, that you can take a really positive or a very negative view of the health trends and the way the world is kind of evolving. Um, and I'd say I'll start with the negative and end with the positive. Negative is, you know, there there's a lot of people out there with a lot of money trying to take control of our food and not only tell us what to eat, but um, control what we're able to eat. Um, if you think about, you know, movies like Game Changers and um, different initiatives to um, eliminate meat from schools and, you know, WeWork um, not allowing their employees to expense meals with meat in them, banning meat from their cafeterias. Um, you know, it's a scary, it's a scary time out there. And, you know, if, if you look in the dark places, you can always see another company, a pharmaceutical company, a food company trying to, um, take advantage of consumers for profit and in a way, um, make it harder for people to live a healthy life. Uh, but, uh, I, I think you, there's a lot of positive things to be happy about, too. Um, I think social media has made it so much easier for people to find positive health information and, and learn about um, what, what can work for them and, and experiment and connect with others, find places like your group um, and, and uh, you know, talk to, talk to people, ask questions, learn, have support along their journey. Um, I, I, I think the community aspect that social media has brought along has helped so many people. Um, and 
you know, people who otherwise wouldn't even question their health decisions, wouldn't even know where to start when uh, they're feeling unwell um, because they didn't have any resources available. And the people around them would just say, yep, everyone gets older. Life happens. They can now go and search that out for themselves. Um, and so that's really encouraging to me. Yeah, that's that's really important. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Nirvana and I have been talking a lot about lately is just kind of stepping outside and looking objectively at the carnivore community and just, you know, looking at it with with fresh eyes and from an outsider's eyes and seeing like what what's good, what's not, what's working, what's not. What um, what would your advice be or what are your some of the things that you've seen, maybe some of the the camps that, you know, tend to set up and the clicks that tend to set up. And I don't know, as a, as a leading voice among us, uh, give us some advice. What, what can, what can we do better as a community? Yeah, I I think we can do better in trying to be trying to really point to evidence. Um, it's really easy to degrade into name calling or to, um, you know, like I, I love Sean Baker, but you know it, he he has this game he plays with the vegans where he'll point out, um, you know some some vegan doctor and show how decrepit they are, which is good for a laugh. And and I know he does that for a reason um, because some people do respond to it. But um, you know to to maintain like like we are at a disadvantage in that we are trying to question the mainstream and we are trying to question science and doctors and the default health recommendations and for doctors for educated people to take us seriously and trust us we need to come from a place of evidence and stay objective um, and that doesn't mean that anecdotes aren't powerful they are they're a form of data um, but I think you, people have to stick with the data um, and be supportive and not combative and not get emotional or turn to to name calling and things like that. Because uh, if we do that too much, we're just as bad as every other, you know, diet or fad diet, um, even worse that that has ever existed. Um, so I'd say that's one thing I think we need to be really careful of in this community. And then the second thing is um, supporting people wherever they're at in their journey. Um, like I said, carnivore isn't black or white. And, you know, if you eat 95% meat and, you know, the 5% other stuff keeps you compliant, that's great. You know, and, and for someone to say that person isn't a carnivore, how, I just don't think that's productive. I think that's, that's being, that's shaming them and, and, uh, making them feel like an outsider. And I think you need to congratulate people on their success and what they are able to do, um, and try to help them along. And, you know, uh, that's, that's what will really push this movement forward in my mind. Yes, because ultimately, you know, the carnivore diet, it's not going to be for everyone. There is a subset of patients that works really, really well for. Um, but I think just starting and reshaping the conversation that we're having regarding nutrition and health, um, because I think we're all in agreement that sugar and, and processed junk food, fast food, we, we can definitely do a lot better um, in that area. And small changes that people make, it's, you know, sometimes that's a huge hurdle for someone to overcome, especially uh, with the problem with food addiction, the problem with morbid obesity, uh, metabolic dysfunction and illness. And it's just simply taxing our healthcare system. What advice would you have for 
somebody that's looking to make a change in their nutrition and their fitness uh, for this upcoming new year, they're making a resolution and they're interested in the carnivore diet or just just interested in unprocessing their diet, what strategies and steps would you have have for somebody uh, that's looking to make a lifestyle change? Yeah, I would say, uh, great question, Nevada. One is find find a community, find a group like Mind Body Breakthroughs or um, World Carnivore Tribe or a place where you can be supported and a place where you can ask questions and learn from others and be held accountable in a way because a lot of people can't find that outside of the internet and outside of social media. You know, if you have a friend in person who's doing it with you, that's fantastic. But a lot of people don't. Um, and so it's important to have that support. And then the second thing is I would say try to – a lot of people, especially in the new year, have super high motivation, um, but they don't have habits in place. Um, so it, 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 a lot of people make resolutions or try something um, and they fall off uh, very quickly because they try to be a little too extreme with their changes. So uh, I, I'm not saying make really small incremental changes. But find somewhere in between, somewhere between making one small change in your life at a time and overhauling everything completely where you think you'll be able to stick to it um, easily for a long period of time. So let's say you wanted to start meditating, for instance. Um, you know, one, one person would say, I, I'm going to meditate an hour a day. That's my goal. That's what I think is appropriate. Um, you know, uh, Naval Ravikant meditates an hour a day. He's a lot more busy than I am. I can make it happen. That person is likely to feel very motivated for even a few weeks and then drop off. Someone else would say, start by meditating a minute a day. I would say, yeah, that's great, but you know, don't shortchange yourself. If, if you think that it would be really easy for you to do five to 10 minutes a day, then start with 10 minutes. Do that um, because you know, I, I think either end of the spectrum, there's, there's problems with it and you want to make progress. Um, and it can be the same with changing your diet. If you just make one tiny change, you might not notice anything. You might say, oh, what's the point? Um, but, but use that motivation to make you make a significant change, but don't make it so extreme that, that uh, adherence will be a problem. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice. <clears throat> one of the things that we're passionate about on our podcast and in our group is encouraging people and helping and supporting people to reinvent themselves to a lot of our listeners are, you know, Nevada and I's age or in our, our forties. And, and we're just realizing, you know what, we got a lot of life left here and yeah, we've made some mistakes and we've gone down some detours and some pitfalls along the way, but we can completely reinvent ourselves and, and just start to live our life and our purpose. Uh, but, you know, it's tough and people get scared and we get, you know, imposter syndrome, which we've talked a lot about on the show. Like, what would be your advice to someone who's sitting there and they feel a calling and they feel like there's so much more that they're supposed to be doing with their life? And but they're just, you know, they're just not sure, like the first steps. What are what are some of the things that that you would tell that person? Yeah, uh, that's really tough. I struggle with that all the time, Chris. Um, as we all do. And I think uh, a key for me has just been, um, you know, starting small, starting with 
with a basic podcast, starting with whatever medium you're comfortable with, whether it's a blog, whether it's um, YouTube or a podcast. It doesn't have to be where where the most people are or where you'll be most successful, but you know wherever you're most comfortable is a great place to start because then you're more likely to to stick with it. Um, and then you know you may feel like an imposter, but um, be realistic with yourself. Even if you are, even if you're you're trying to get into a field where you're when you don't have the knowledge, where you're not prepared, you know what's the worst that can happen? You know, you 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 try it for a few months and you quickly find out, hey, this thing is really holding me back. My guess is 99% of the time you'll find that you don't need whatever credential or whatever um, experience you you thought you did um, to start doing something, especially in today's age where, you know, people are are reinventing themselves all the time and and formal education is is becoming um, a thing of the past. But uh, even if you did, you would find that out fairly quickly. um, And how are you going to ever really know um, until you try? Uh, So so that would be my, you know, two cents. Yes, and I think that developing yourself too, um, and becoming uh, someone that's an expert, so to so to speak, or um, a specialist in a certain area. I think all you have to really be able to do is read, be able to understand, and apply it. And how? What advice would you have for people that are looking to develop themselves in a certain topic or a certain genre? Um, how and how have you developed yourself to the expert level that that you're at right now? <laughs> uh, I'm not an expert at all, uh, but thanks for saying that. Um, I I think everyone has their own method. Um, you know, similar with producing content, people consume it in different ways. Some people love books; they want to go to the original text. Some people like to read studies. I personally love reading studies and like the methods and, and the results and everything. Some people hate that, and I totally understand that. Um, I I love consuming uh, podcasts and audiobooks, um, so that's a big way I learn. Um, but some people need a course, and and they want to feel um, accountable. And there are a lot of great online courses out there around health and nutrition. Um, if you do a little bit of searching, um, so it, it's it's whatever you f- feel like works best for you. Um, and your learning style. But yeah, I think that's an excellent point that um, just saying fake it till you make it, go out there and do something isn't always a great solution. You sometimes have to combine that with increasing your knowledge and your expertise. Um, so I, I think that's that's a great piece of advice, Nirvana. Yeah, and I really liked, uh, circling back to what you were saying earlier, you know, one of the things that we get to see from this side of the table is you know, and sitting across from our heroes is that they really are just real people. They're just like us. Every single one of us started with exactly zero followers. Every one of us had exactly zero podcasts if we had a podcast. Every yeah. one of us had a dream. We had a vision. We had a, hey, you know what? Let's try it. And You know, I just think that it's so important for us to keep in mind, there is absolutely nothing different about, you know, our listeners out there that are listening in right now. And they're like, oh, I love Sky. It's such an amazing podcast. You know, two years ago, you didn't have a podcast. You had an idea, you had a dream. And, you know, you just, you put it out there. You just throw yourself out. And, uh, you know, when you do, great things happen. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of great quotes about how fortune and luck favor the ones that are courageous, that are just willing to 
to put themselves out there. So, you know, I absolutely commend you for that. So Scott, you know, a lot of us in this space, some of us get into some weird things. Uh, you know, listeners would be, they might find it funny that this morning after taking a cold shower, I sat with a red light laser up my nose for 30 minutes and this strange contraption on my arm shooting. I don't even know what it was doing. Anyway, what are some weird things that, <laughs> that, that you're into? What are some, uh, some little off the beaten path, uh, things that, that gets you excited about or that you're kind of experimenting with? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that question, Chris. Um, and I'd love to see you with the, the rig of the thing. Up your nose. <laughs> you should post a picture of it. Um, yeah. So I, um, I have plenty of, of weird practices. Um, maybe I'll start with my sleep routine cause that's got all t- kinds of crazy stuff. So an hour to an hour and a half before I go to bed, I take a hot shower for 10 minutes. Um, I think that's good because your body needs to be cool when you go to bed and by having all the blood flow out to your skin, it cools down your core body temperature. Um, they've done some studies on this that have shown a hot shower for 10 minutes, um, an hour and a half before bed, you, you sleep deeper and you fall asleep faster. I do that. Um, I sleep in a room with double blackout curtains, a weighted blanket and an eye mask. Um, I have my chili pad on, I have, uh, uh, a fan going for the white noise. I have earplugs in. I tape my mouth so I look like a mummy. <laughs> I can only breathe, breathe through my nose. Um, I use a neti pot beforehand to clear out my congestion. Um, I'm like super maniacal about my sleep. I make sure I'm reading a book, um, you know, 30 to 40 minutes before bed. Um, I am uh, blocking blue light for, for two to three hours before bed with my blue blocking glasses and I have amber bulbs in my apartment that I use. Um, so that's, that's just for sleeping. Um, but you know, when I wake up in the morning, similar to you, I, I try to try to get, um, light in my eyes as soon as possible. I have, um, a friend Chuck, who's, who's a fan of the podcast who sent me these glasses called retimer glasses. Um, I wish I had them, but they, they look really weird and they shine a light directly into your eye to wake you up. Um, it's kind of like a, a sad light, um, a, a, like, uh, mimicking the sun. I do that on days when it's cloudy and then I go outside on my balcony and I get sunshine if the sun is out, but, but the retimers are nice. They make up for it if I don't. And I have a platinum led device. Um, it's basically similar to the juve, but cheaper. And a lot of people would argue better, um, in quality. Um, and I use that in the morning, um, if the sun isn't out and I use it at night before bed every day for 10 minutes aside. So that is just like, (laughs) my light and sleep routine, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty weird guy. I care very little about what people think of me and I like my little, my little habits. Yes. And sleep is so important for healing. Um, I'm ridiculous about my sleep as well. Um, as you know, I had a spinal cord and back injury and the back heals during restorative sleep because our discs have no blood supply. So sleep is of the utmost importance. I wanted to also ask you, what are some of the things that you're doing right now for your training routine and your fitness? Yeah, great question. Um, so for me, um, I'm trying to build muscle. Uh, I had a long time where I was a lightweight rower, um, and I was, 
uh, opposed to muscle ignorantly um, because I thought any extra muscle would just add to my weight. And, and for lightweight rowing, you have to make a certain weight class. So I was cutting weight a lot. I was doing chronic cardio, you know, four to five hours of hard rowing a day, um, really just horrible for my health all around. Um, and I think because of that I'm severely under muscled for my age and size. Um, and so priority for me is building lean tissue, uh, because that has been shown to decrease mortality and increase health, um, later in age. So, uh, I go to the gym four days a week. Um, my lifting sessions are around 45 minutes. Um, I do mostly compound lifts, um, all my sets are usually, uh, one to two reps short of failure. So I can do more volume, um, bodybuilding style workouts, throw in some isolation at the end. I do mostly an upper lower split, but it turns out to be a little more full body. Cause I'll do things like hamstring curls on my upper body days. Um, and I, uh, that's most of my physical activity. I also get 10 to 12,000 steps a day because I live in the city. I walk everywhere, take walks after every meal, take walks in the morning. Um, and, uh, on my, on my off days, I also do, um, Stuart McGill, Dr. Stuart McGill. He's known as the back doctor. Yeah. No, of course, you know, him. I do his, I do his big three exercises, um, which people can, can Google, um, every, every morning of an off day. So if I'm not, doing a formal workout that day to get my body moving, reset my circadian rhythm, get the blood flowing. It's part of my morning routine. I'll do the Stuart McGill big three, three days a week. That's cool. It's kind of still laughing about this vision of, uh, your, your new wife <laughs> just coming in and you're wrapped up like a mummy and <laughs> hidden somewhere under a weighted blanket. But yep. that, uh, that brings me to to talking a bit about family and marriage. And congratulations, by the way. So excited to see you guys and 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 your journey together. What are already some of the the things that you're seeing, or some insights, or or uh, things you could share about the importance of balance and family? I know for many of us that are active on social media, it can it can be a challenge. You know, we're we're constantly distracted by this little thing in our pocket is just beeping and all these messages and, and requests and just, uh, you know, what are, what are some of your thoughts or, or tips for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, I think it all comes back to what people much smarter than me have said is the key to relationships, which is communication. Uh, you know, I think you need to communicate very clearly about, you know, when you have certain commitments, why you're doing certain things. So they're not expecting to spend time with you or are trying to talk to you or trying to tell you something really important or emotional and you're just on your phone. You're just making an Instagram post. I think it's really important to say, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to post on Instagram now. Is that okay? And they say, yep. And then you know that, that um, you know, you're, you won't, won't be paying attention to them um, or, or making sure that, that you have boundaries. Um, and I think, you know, since being married, you know, it's, it's, it's even more clear, you know, it hasn't changed a lot because we're living together and we've been together for almost seven years now. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it's highlighted the importance of listening really well, being patient, not interrupting, and also choosing your words carefully and, and, um, being careful 
saying saying what you need to say and saying it in a clear and articulate way um, because things can get lost, things can get misinterpreted. And when you do those things um, and you have, you're lucky enough like me to have a spouse that is supportive of this type of work um, and is into it and excited about it, um, I think it enhances your relationship in a lot of ways. You know, we get excited cooking carnivore meals together and, you know, we go to the grocery store and pick out some deals and Marissa will run over and she'll be like, get a picture of this for the gram. Um, or she'll take a picture of her, her food when, when I'm not around. Um, and she'll, you know, encourage me to, to take different opportunities, um, that I otherwise wouldn't. So I, I think it can be additive to the relationship in a lot of ways. And, you know, she's just as excited as me when we get a free meat box. Um, so it, it's, it's, uh, really been wonderful. Um, but I think, you know, some, some, one of the keys is communication. Absolutely. And that's so important in a relationship and, and to have the support around you when you're starting a business, a podcast, changing career, or just starting your health transformation, that, that support is, is so important. Um, so what's next for you? What's, what do you have planned for 2020, Scott? Yeah. So for 2020, um, you know, I've been, I've been pumping out content and episodes, but I've been a little more, um, relaxed on my, you know, social media posting and engagement lately because I, I've had a lot of important developments with my job and, and trying to focus on my career there a lot more. Um, I think in 2020, I'm excited, um, with the natural ebbs and flows of, of career and life, to have some dedicated time where I can focus on helping people and um, building carnivore casts, going to conferences like KetoCon, which I had to miss last year um, for wedding planning, which was fine. Um, but you know, I had a great time at, at the carnivore conference in Denver, in Boulder last year. Yeah, Boulder. Um, and uh, it's always great to connect with with people like you guys in person. Um, and I'm looking looking forward to more of that. Um, that's that's really what's big for me in 2020 is just, you know, I, I don't have concrete goals. It probably goes against a lot of what what we talk about here. Um, but for me, um, you know, I, I'm trying to get away from achievement with regards to um, the carnivore cast and, and make it really about fun and passion. Um, and I'm excited to spend more time on it and meet more great people. Awesome. Well, we are looking forward to spending time with you at KetoCon. Nevada and I will be there. It's going to be a lot awesome. of fun. So, Scott, you're an awesome man. You're wise beyond your years. We appreciate so much all the wonderful thoughts and advice that you have for us today. Tell these guys where they can find you. Yeah, thank you, Chris. It's been really a pleasure and an honor to be on. I listen to every episode, and I think you guys are are crushing it in the podcast game. Um, absolutely love the podcast. Uh, so folks can find me at carnivorecast.com or on carnivorecast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and shoot me a message. I love hearing from people, interacting with people. Send me a question. Send me some hate mail, hate mail whatever. Send me a picture of your, your meat. Uh, I, I hope people don't take that the wrong way, uh, but uh, I, I love interacting with people and that's where they can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Scott. Thank you for being a leader in the health movement and for everything that you do. Chris and I love your podcast and just keep up the great work, Scott. Great. Thank you both. Prove It makes exogenous ketone products. 
a perfect accompaniment to your ketogenic lifestyle to help you to optimize energy levels, sports performance, cognitive function, and more. See the show notes to try some today. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today, Mind Body Breakthrough. Chris and I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend and to join us in our free Mind Body Breakthrough Facebook community where you can start peeling away the layers of everything that's not you so you can be you.